Hi, I'm Jonathan Mann. I'm one of the many Matts. And this is Digitally Rare, a show about digitally owned things now and in the Bitcoin. Which was Hello. a long time ago. <laughs> a Hello, long Sarah. time ago, indeed. We are here with wow. Sarah Mayohas. Welcome to Digitally Welcome. Rare. We're so happy to see you, to have you here, joining us from Thailand. I'm excited to be here. What is happening in Thailand? Are you, what's going on? I'm yeah. just on an island. Nice. Nice. That's really all that's happening. Sweet. That's, that's, that's lovely. That is priority number one, I've mm-hmm. heard, is vibing. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of vibing, Jonathan, you sent me our podcast stuff the other day, the statistics from Spotify. Yeah. And this is the first time that I felt that like I'm on a radio show that oh, other no. people are directly oh, listening good. to. Good, which good. is kind of wild. Yeah. We learn yeah, we learn that like people actually listen to this, which is which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Spotify was optimistic um, well well it's like it's like around 200 people listen but the way that spotify frames it is really ge- is really gentle and kind they yes, frame it like that's what it is they frame it like like you're in the top 10 percent of podcasts which just means there's a lot of podcasts <laughs> just that just no one listens to you it is a long yeah. tail but that's very it's like it makes you feel good so that's right nice. it does it does They'll give you hyper-specific stats like something happened the week of January, blah, 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 because your listens were up 99 or like 999%. (laughs) We just did a podcast with Dan Olson and his audience watched it. And, you know, if you want a thousand percent increase on a 200 listener (laughs) podcast, like that's pretty easy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of the Spotify wrapped when they tell you you're in the 0.5% of listens for like a major pop star. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) right. I was always impressed by that. Yeah. Like, really? Me? That's incredible. (laughs) Little old me. (laughs) Little old me. Yeah, but apparently they do the rap for artists as well, which Mm -hmm. is kind of fun. They do. No, it's really nice to see. Yeah, I want to know which artist is in the top 0.05% of me <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah right or like yeah the the reverse <laughs> sarah yeah so i feel like most people listening to this most of our audience probably knows who you are yeah and yeah. probably especially knows about bitcoin mm-hmm. but just right. in case can you give us like the bitcoin origin story and this I is know helpful. you've yeah. given this a thousand billion gajillion right. times. You don't yeah. have to go into super yeah. deep detail. Yeah, but I can. I for, can for the I context. Can, <laughs> I can run through it. So, conceptual, satirical artwork mm. in 2014. While I was in Goodness. art grad school, I forked Bitcoin, called it Bitcoin, and backed it at a fixed rate by my photography. Dogecoin had come out Mm -hmm. slightly before, Mm. so that was one inspiration. The whole dog meme kind of came came from hearing about that. Totally. So, and when I made Bitcoin, I realized there would be no value to it, and so I decided to back it at a fixed rate by my photography. Twenty five scrunches. I printed photographs, put them in a safety deposit box, and the photographs I wanted them to also be in relation to 
right, to creating a currency. So I called them speculations. And I created these visual metaphors of a blockchain using two-way mirrors that extend infinitely yeah, and create blocks that those. go on and on. And that was the that was the inception of Bitcoin. And later on, in order to justify bringing my defunct chain, <laughs> right, because <Yes. laughs> it was like a total uh, onto Ethereum. I had this kind of this giant proof of work, which is this project I did in the Forbert Bell Labs, where I had 16 men manually photograph 100,000 rose petals and pick one per rose that they considered most beautiful. And I that's love what is backing. I, wow. I love specifically wow. that it was men. I love so much that it was right. like 16 men picking. I mean, it was just conceptually as an artist, it's so well thought There's out. There's so like, much to dig into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I love all of <laughs> how, that. When how did many... you do spec- speculations? Oh, yeah. Sorry, Jonathan. No, when, go was, ahead. when were speculations conceived of? And in, I I, in 2014, like wow. it was conceived of for Bitcoin. Wow. And the thing that's cool about it is that it was really about a reflection. You know, a reflection is this moment of representation where it's like one is in the place of the other. That's mm. that's a moment of exchange for me. Yeah. And. A reflection preserves a lot of detail while mm-hmm. abstracting a dimension. You're appraising mm. yourself, in a, if you will. Totally. And so by creating a reflection of a reflection of a reflection, it's like a constant exchange. It's mm. a... It's yeah, a, yeah. Constant it's reappraisal. The it's yeah. the reciprocity. Yes. It's, the, it's the strange loop of it all. Yeah, totally. Correct. Exactly. And so it came really first as a concept, and then I kind of finagled getting a two-way mirror figuring out how to do it and now it's become and then later on i started making these photographs without thinking too much oh this is you know the visual a visual metaphor of a (laughs) blockchain i just started making them because formally it's a very good model i can Mm -hmm. break it with always there's something new that i could put in there totally it's like a yeah Oh, cool. Yeah, because that given that pattern of the looping and the the blocks into infinity, you can iterate within that. And like, yeah. Am, am I am I remembering correctly that these are all physical, like in camera yes. effects? Yes. This Extremely is all cool. I mean, I, I get the you know, the physical two A mirror, I have to block the light, I have to constantly wipe it down, every little <laughs> smudge, you know, they get scratched. Like, yeah, it's it's very physical. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> I didn't realize those were conceived in 2014 because the first time I'd seen one was, I guess, recently when, I don't know, would they move to Ethereum at some point? Yeah, I have some of the additions because I, I mostly make those as just physical pieces now. Oh, cool. And then I have one, recently I started adding one edition as just an NFT. Yeah. Which I think is nice, but... The totally. physical ones are the ones that are the real deal. Sell really, more. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are the real I would deal. love to see and that I was, IRL. I was looking at the. I was looking at because the the petals, the individually photographed petals, are on. That was the whole thing, right? Is that yes? You would. You had these men photograph, like pick the beautiful mm-hmm. ones and photograph these, and then those were minted on Ethereum to represent each and every single Bitcoin. Is that right? Is that basically yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So for every rose, there are 30 petals. They photographed all 30 petals. And then they picked mm. one per rose that was pressed, that was kept, and that was scanned later on. 
and that's the one that's wow. Linked. So that's yeah, pretty cool. A lot of I, labor. Yeah, was it important? And it sounds like it was. It was important for this project in the sense that it was there's both the proof of work component, so it's mm-hmm. literally part of it, mm-hmm. and also it was about a lot of these of these projects, which for me are earlier projects compared to some of the stuff that I'm working on now. Totally. Was about mimicking certain systems that I was observing mm-hmm. in the world to in a way that was either frivolous or satirical mm-hmm. or extreme. Mm-hmm. Totally. And gathering, harvesting data in order to be able to, you know, recreate it. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. That's what I'm doing just with rose petals. Mm-hmm. So right. it was about that labor was definitely part of it because when you look at the Google scanning project or you look at mm-hmm. anyways, a lot of things that are happening, yeah. they are actually reliant on a lot of hidden labor. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The whole That's a great AI point. conversation, yeah. the entire oh, AI, totally. the entire yeah. uh, anti AI, pro AI conversation right, right now that we're right. mired yeah. in. And yeah. Correct. Yes, we are mired. It's honestly, it's miring me too. Uh, right. I am personally miring myself <laughs> in uh-huh. it. Uh huh. Is yeah. what it feels like. Yeah. How does that feel? What do you can you say more on that? <sighs> yeah, it's it's on the one hand, it's you know, I'm not going to say anything new here. Sure. It's like magic, yeah. right? Mm. Yeah. So, and it's the speed at which you can create these compositions mm. just means that even if it's creating really bad things yeah. a lot, yeah. you're going to hit on some some good things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's just way more efficient than we can ever be. Yeah. So, that by by the way, amazing. by the way, the nature of song a day, that's, that's, that's the entire idea behind my project song a day, which oh, is right. I'm making shit every single day. And like a lot of it might be crap, but then every once in a while, but like you're saying, well, fuck what happens when the machine can do song a day and it makes a, makes a song, makes a thousand songs a second. And what is it going to create in those things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the amazing thing. The issue with like creating art with it. Or and having the final result just be the image that is output yeah. is that the input is too like mm. the, the input is too limited in yeah. order to really display a ton of authorship. It's quite difficult. Huh. Right, totally. And it makes me think of I was looking into like marbling <laughs> the, yesterday. Mar- you know, what like is marbling? Water, uh-huh. like, oh. you know, like. You drop ink and water yeah. and yeah. and then you, you know, run threads and it creates these amazing, totally psychedelic yeah. wow. kind of visuals. It's beautiful. And there's some amazing things that have come out of it. But the kind of the vectors that you can control uh-huh. as a creator uh-huh. doing it, uh-huh. you can become a master at it, but you won't right. develop your own visual style. Huh. The visual style is so embedded within the actual technique. Huh. Uh, totally. That you can't like if I, and I think about this as an artist, I'm like, oh, this is so beautiful, but how can I develop a very unique Sarah visual Sarah's, style? Yeah. I right, can't. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I right. can't yeah. really. In this right. medium. And AI right. is, yes. And AI as a medium while it's not as intense as marbling where you really can't develop your own <laughs> style. Right, totally. 
it it still suffers from that currently yeah. that you can't truly develop a super super particular right. style in the way that you can with oil paint right. totally right, right. it seems right. like important to describe like the measure of that system there's like a measurement of degree of information that you can put into something and degree of control over the output and perhaps oil painting has a higher measure of that perhaps related to a higher skill ceiling perhaps related to higher control over like your mind's eye and producing what you see whereas like prompt generation maybe doesn't have a, such a high correlation and some people are going to push back against that right, right of course because, because more and more people are you know they're not yes. revealing what prompts they're putting into which is it. wild to me <laughs> yeah that's yeah. so interesting to yeah. me it's, oh my god yo the funniest thing in the world the other day was i saw an a prompt engineer on i think it was posting on mastodon which just adds flavor they were like i'm i'm not required to share my prompts ah uh. I spend so much time working on my prompts and like, yeah. these are my artistic like practice. It's not a, it's not free for everyone to see. This is what you're saying. Like, this is what you're saying. And it's just, Sarah, it's right? the same it's like thing. The yeah. 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 It's That's like fascinating. people trying to hold on to authorship. Right. Right. So tightly. Yeah. You know, like you can't know the 10 words yeah. I use. Yeah. Right. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Just that's amazing. incredible. Yeah. yeah, it goes from like, you can't know the specific combinations of pigments that I use, you know, to get that blue or right, whatever. Totally, there are famous totally, artists totally. like who got that, like this particular color is like guards yeah. that. Right. And Which it is really, amazing I guess, to me. It, and and it is, I, it's a spectrum, right? I guess it is like just a, a matter of degrees between those mm. things. But like one feels totally sensical. The other one oh, feels... Interesting. I just thought pigment pigment saving uh, is equivalently nonsensical. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's like art to me for some reason. I don't know. I guess I guess you're right though. I guess if I really think about it, it's like how do I get that snare sound? You know, like I'm not. I'm never going to tell you my mic placement. I guess is like the same. That's so interesting because I think that that's like I think that should be public knowledge. It's I don't know. Maybe if I'm coming at this from like. No, totally. Uh, a programming background. I do think everything should be open source. And like you have this, uh, like your your edge then as an artist, as someone who's making something is the Lego block building experience. It's like Well, I was going to say, I was going to say too, like Sarah, for an artist like you, where, the, where these things are so conceptual, there's so many mm-hmm. like layers to it. I don't worry. I'm not imagining yeah, a world, and maybe I should be, but like I'm not <laughs> imagining a world where like an AI comes up with like, the the 12 layers to bitcoin right. that we've gotten from the beginning all the way till yes. now you know and like right and totally maybe you could give chat gtp you could say like hey chat, come up with a satirical bitcoin alternative <laughs> you know and it'll be like well you blah blah, blah 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 or whatever but like but it wouldn't ma- it couldn't make it it couldn't do the labor not yet anyway but mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. correct and well so so two of the things that that kind of prompts to me one is one thing that I am working on with mid-journey images yeah. is I'm making, you know, what I found worked well was creating images that were the form of an eye, but using the visual language of like underwater photographs of jellyfish, <laughs> which fits into a Medusa theme that I'm separately exploring. But I'm turning that into actual physical light sculptures that are actually going to be eye bulbs. Yeah. Like, they're like, Oh, resin wow. eyes 
with a Fresnel lens. And so you're taking it out of the screen and turning the image into just one input into a physical sculpture that becomes part of an installation, et cetera. So that's one, one way to use it where the AI is kind of under the hood. It's yep. not about AI necessarily. Mm, yeah. It could yeah. have made, been made really without it yeah, as effectively. Right. Yeah, and right. that is to me, okay, how to just use it as a tool. Yes. Now, like how to how to use it in a way that is native. More yeah. conceptual, yeah. like a conceptual product, sometimes starts to feel a bit heavy handed because mm. it is already so much part of the conversation that it's right (laughs) you can't yeah totally but as a tool sometimes i'm actually surprised that it prompt generation inspires me to come up with things that Mm -hmm, i'm like mm -hmm. oh well what if you mashed up you know this form with this style right because that's the part that it's it's good at and sometimes it really i like really can't get it to do what i'm then imagining totally Uh Yeah. This is your vectors of uh, marbling, right? Like this is the the realm yeah. in which you have the tools to be creative, but like maybe the correlation to the mind's eyes output isn't there. Yeah. It, it's not. Yeah. Sometimes I'm desperately trying to get a visual. It won't come close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's only so much. Yeah. Yeah. There. Totally. I guess one one other thought that I've had around AI is that art for art's sake is not reproducible. Like my personal experience in pursuing like some creative endeavor is not a reproducible experience. And it occurs to me that most of the threats around or most of the fear around AI, especially around art and certainly around programming, et cetera, are directly related to basically capitalism and how we have to like produce this stuff in order to live. Yep. And And it feels like it, occurs at that API level of, well, it's not going to take away my my enjoyment of creating something, but it will perhaps take away my ability to sell that in a market and pay for food. And yeah. I'm also I am I'm also suspicious of of that because it's funny. I kind of exist both in the crypto art landscape, but also Mm -hmm. in the traditional art landscape. Yeah, totally. And in the traditional art world, there is still paintings just dominate. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. It's it's amazing, Mm -hmm. but it really dominates. Even just Art Basel in Miami, walking around the fair, there's one work on a screen, two yeah. works on screens. That's it. It's uh, all paintings. Huh. And that's because paintings are like they just display liveness. Uh-huh. Mm. You know that a human, mm. most likely a human, <laughs> stood in front of this surface mm-hmm. and spent a whole bunch of time of right, labor. Right, right. Yeah. What's the word for that? When you look at an object and you see, you feel the intense amount of people hours that have gone into a thing. There's like yeah. this awe that I feel sometimes when looking at like an iPhone, for example. And I, I just like have that like, whoa. And I bet that is what you're feeling when you're looking at a painting, when you're like, oh my God, yeah. the time, yeah. the effort, the energy. Yes. You are looking at human energy and even abstract painting that maybe didn't take a lot of time. 
you're yeah. just seeing these insane gestures, right? Mm-hmm. You're, oh, mm-hmm. this person stood and just like right. really right. was mad. Let it out. Right. Yeah, totally. let it out. Yeah. Let it out. Yeah. They really let it out. Right, and, right. And so that's that's the thing that that human part of it, understanding that there was an investment of human time and effort is what partly gets you to value it. Totally. Whereas with AI, you might be awed by the right. result, but, but it you feels won't empty, perhaps. Feel that. Yeah, yes. feel that's really that. interesting. Yeah, that, Do you yeah. think that that's a fundamental property of like most or perhaps many art forms? Is this like not explicit connection to the scarcity of human labor, but this perhaps very implicit and built into the medium thing? Because certainly it feels that way with sculpture and yeah. all of these very physical things. And yeah, I don't know. I think it is. I think mm, it is. That's really interesting. For and for two, well, and it's kind of positive and negative. The negative side of it is that you also don't want to fetishize labor, right? Totally, totally. Sure. in because, a creative capacity. Like yeah. totally. sometimes simple things can be amazing, yeah. and we yeah. should. Yeah, labor is divorced from whatever your goal is as an artistic. Yeah, totally. It's not. They're not directly correlated. Yeah, it's not like it, you know. If I yeah, so sometimes it can mask. It can serve as. You know, bad art can get away with it by uh-huh. just being super labor intensive. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> we all agree, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> not side of pedals, but other, you know. <laughs> right, uh, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but there is, though, the difference that we can all admire nature's beauty, right? And see and, and oh, yeah. be, be in awe, awe yeah, spa, right. yeah. inspired. Yeah. But that's different. But that doesn't have the human labor. And right, so there's right. there's a qualitative difference between beauty that we appreciate in nature and beauty that we appreciate in art or music or human creation. Endeavors, totally. yeah. 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 If that's the case, then there one must feel no fear over AI um, because, well, I guess one would then feel this feeling and awe and artistic amazement at the models themselves but perhaps less to a much less degree what it produces and it almost feels like if given this perspective one can sit there silently and just be happy about like the proliferation of ai etc because knowing that this is an intrinsic part of like human appreciation for things at the end of the day i think so yeah it's our it's our it's our flaw in some ways. Uh, it is. It feels it feels yeah, a little double-edged sword. Um it's just that kind of there. Yeah. Yeah. That we're just going to fetishize human creation. Right. Oh, totally no we are. What. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I was thinking about that earlier. Like what are the attributes of humanity or perhaps more generally just like conscious thinking things that are irreproducible by a machine and one of the things that I came up with was taste. Uh-huh. You can replicate taste via like data science, for example, uh-huh. but like the the human social machine of like bouncing vibes from one to another and like you see it in fashion, you see it everywhere. That feels something that is like intensely a like social conscious creatures domain and it doesn't feel reproducible in that way. And so like I was thinking of things like that that are just like extremely they feel like innate and perhaps this appreciation of other humans work labor is Has also to do with that social extremely related and right you know, it can't be divorced from the human experience which makes it something that is 
difficult to like, uh, what's the word, put behind the API, so to speak. Yeah, I agree. To talk about the same thing, but with in the context of Bitcoin, you mentioned immediately that like, okay, you can create this meme currency, but there's no intrinsic value. It yeah. would be valueless. You have to back it, yeah. Yeah, I'm curious about that compulsion to back it and to sort of like directly connect it with some previously scarce, some some other scarce thing, which in this case is your labor and your yeah. art and your... Also, and also like that was at the time, especially like not something that a lot that that any no, other totally. meme coin yeah. was thinking about like it wasn't right. like, like bitcoin doesn't care about right. innate utility like certainly dogecoin didn't you know like, no, certainly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know right yeah well for me the the i had been kind of obsessed with the idea of gold and basically gold as an idea gold is this material that's existed in this feedback loop between spiritual and cultural value and financial economic value and it has done so in so many different cultures right around the world that's interesting so gold was interesting to me the art i you can kind of think of as a process of alchemy right of taking mm-hmm. like base materials mm-hmm. right and somehow transforming transmuting them into something of a higher order right and so art gold and bitcoin having the metaphor to gold like that prompt that's sort of what was swirling in my mind and why i wanted to have something backed right that was the the reason for Mm -hmm. backing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and did that feel like a process of alchemy to sort of like to turn i guess i mean the whole thing was like a process of alchemy (laughs) it was both like (laughs) creating you know creating these tokens and then creating like these photographs that had this sort of endless perspective and tying them together and by tying them together they each suddenly had more value right, right than either of them did like separately so it all it all felt like a bit of alchemy and and that was that was part of the prompt. I was definitely thinking acutely about like what is value and the real insight that I don't know if it's an insight, but the thing that I zoomed into was the moment of exchange is the moment of representation. And how can I use that? Like that parallel, that metaphor, whether it holds true true or not, as like the basis to create artwork that is it undeniably creating value theoretically and practically, right? Which is why it was important for me to, for it to work in the real world and actually function and for it to, you know, create like also artistic value. I mean, I was in grad school and like thinking a lot. As you do, as you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. How has it felt? I've just been curious because, Matt and I have been doing this podcast since like 2018 and have like watched the whole world sort of catch up to NFT specifically over the last two years. But like you, like way, like how has it felt to see the world sort of like suddenly be like, Oh, Oh, right. Like this is a thing, like from your perspective, having done that and like, yeah. Yeah. From my perspective, it was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. 
unbelievable because yeah. when I did this, like, I mean, yeah, it's like, <laughs> and I was trying to sort of learn and get into the space. Like there was nothing. Like was I nothing, went to the yeah. MIT crypto conference yeah. and it was like five people in yeah. a room. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Wow. There yeah. were no, there were no investors around. No. No. Right. There was like the guy who created Litecoin. He was like hot <laughs> shit. You yeah. know, like yeah. that's, I remember that's, that era. Yeah. <laughs> that's all it was. No yeah. one was investing in the space. It was not hot. Like it was just this kind of strange. So, Yes. So doing it then, watching what then happened in the world during COVID, yeah. also the whole profile picture craze yeah. kind of both was unbelievable yeah. and and horrifying at yeah. the same time. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, like for this brief moment in time, like monkeys were <laughs> Pictures of monkeys were trading for, un- you know, it was like what I had done yeah. as satire somehow. <laughs> it had become reality. <laughs> had become reality. And yeah. By the way, not backed by anything, right? Not no. There was right. no conceptual backing. There's apes yeah, there, are not yeah, backed. Just, just, yeah. Yeah. Apes yeah. are not yeah. backed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, it I must be interesting like a, as a satirist to see it become reality. Is that does that is that validating or <laughs> it's like a through it's line? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's both. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this also happened because I don't think my work now is of the same ilk, but yeah. it mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. happened to me with the stock performance piece I did where I manipulated stocks. I picked stocks because they had funny names. No okay? way. Yeah. I yeah. did this in 2016. Holy I had, I had wow. stocks that were like Paradise Incorporated or like amen properties totally and i manipulated them and then like drew it just really on canvas and this was like gamestop yeah 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 before gamestop right wow that's really cool yeah Yeah, that's wild right so whatever so whatever you're working on now you know in like three years it's gonna so whatever you're creating you know will be the world in a few years so please do so judiciously yeah 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 (laughs) I mean, I've been working on holograms. Oh, <laughs> tight, tight. Okay. okay. I'm Hologram. down with that world. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Wait, uh, yeah. Okay, so yeah. tell us about the holograms. <laughs> yeah, tell us about yeah. the holograms. I mean, the holograms, the truth is that I think that after the after the Cloud of Petals piece, some of the stuff that I got into is really, you know, it was like an evolution of thinking about value. And I think I got a little bit more, I don't know, metaphysical or zen or like not Mm. so focused on the here and now and Mm. so i'm i got more interested in structural color how things in nature create color birds butterfly wings and Mm. how these are actually nanostructures that light is Mm. refracting off of so this is both being inspired by nature so there's especially we are constantly reminded of the fact that we're living in a climate crisis yeah Mm -hmm. so paying attention to the natural world has, you know, became kind of part of, yeah, part of what I was drawn to. And obviously thinking about technology, which is really like value today is technology, right? Yeah. Like like accelerating at kind of faster and faster paces. Mm -hmm. And in, in some ways holograms have been an amazing medium to me because one is 
they're actually not a new technology. They're really old technology. And that is refreshing because I I kept working with things that were janky. (laughs) (laughs) Janky and new, yeah. Yeah, holograms. Totally. So holograms are both old and also pointing towards the future because we're calling everything holograms. Yeah, yeah. I went to the New York Hologram Museum and was amazed at how far back hologram technology went. How far back does it go? I I forgot, but like decades, right? (laughs) Yeah, and it could have been done even earlier than that. But it's it's actually really complex technology, but it's also not really in use at all because Mm -hmm. it's quite technically intensive to make a hologram and you need a lot of specialized equipment. And the only commercial application for a hologram is like a little shiny thing on your credit card. So it's fallen out of favor, even though it's an amazing technology. So the other interesting thing is, to what extent do technologies that don't have a clear commercial use, mm. right? like the relationship That's interesting. of commercial You're right. use, Right, totally. How to would it survive well in a market? It's like fitness test. <laughs> I, wow. I, I, I'm just. I just googled this because wow. something just popped up in my in my brain, which is there was these toys that I played with called Battle Beasts when I was a kid. Battle Beasts. I think I feel like I've actually talked about these on the podcast before. Weirdly enough, and they came with like they came with a little hologram card of of the Battle Beasts, and on their chest. Basically, the way Battle Beasts work was like it was like uh, rock, paper, scissors and your Battle Beasts. And then you put your thumb on their chest and it revealed what they were. And that was a hologram. Like it was a hologram of like fire, a hologram of water, a higher. Fo- uh, anyway, let's just bring it back. Yeah. But that was, you know, that was this was like 1988, probably, you yeah. know, is what we're talking about. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. So, so this is fascinating. So. But but then there's also like the holograms of like Tupac at Coachella or whatever. Yes. But that's not a, that's not what we're talking about. Or or, or correct. Is it? So yeah. that's not what we're talking about. The hologram of Tupac, I believe, is Pepper's Ghost, which is a holographic effect that you're uh-huh. you're basically projecting onto a scrim. Uh huh. But a hol and so one good rule of thumb this is not to say that any of these other things are not good they are all good sure. they're not just authentically holograms a hologram like if it's plugged in it's on a hologram a hologram right. oh. is a recording on a piece of film or a piece of glass some sort of, of an actual wave front oh and light cool. needs to shine and at it at the right angle to interact with a silver halide emulsion on it to recreate the light wave. Wow. So it is in fact structural color. Like the refraction, oh. you know, is happening. Like and like re- a butterfly wing or whatever. Like you're right. saying. Correct. Oh wow. Fascinating. Cool. By by yeah. the way, by the way, you can't get a a battle beast on eBay, a hologram no. battle beast for less than like three hundred bucks. So wow. that's interesting. That's a they, little collector they, thing yeah, right there. Yeah. Wow. Some some um, NFT, uh, <laughs> some collectible. Yeah. <laughs> and so people that's, think that's NFTs won't be though. worth so, anything. So you, right. So, so you're working on a new project that has that, that's, that's in, incorporating yeah. holograms. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I'm making holograms as 
part of my practice now. Yeah, I've been making cool. a bunch of them. Wow. I, you know, I did a piece in hollow lens, right? Which again is not a hologram, sure. but it's obviously uh-huh. inspired by holograms. Right. And is made with diffraction gratings, which is glass that's etched, you know. And mm-hmm. so I think that mm-hmm. there's gonna be a proliferation of this type of stuff in 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 like the world. Like I really think that, you know, we already live in a world that's surrounded by glass everywhere. So True. it's really not that crazy of a step to start right. to put digital content Ooh. into our surfaces. Yeah, businesses, holographic like little display cases and stuff. Yeah. Wow. Just like a heads up display for in, yeah. for fighter jets. You know, the problem is that wow. the gratings are just quite expensive and you uh-huh. have to and the, like there's just a bunch of tech that people are still figuring out. Right. And talking about the fitness test, you know, there's just been right. an issue also of the whole industry it. of augmented reality right. has kind of suffered because of, you know, and I'm not an expert into, in this at all, but I, my hunch, my feeling, brief conversations is that just based on the fact that like, are, you know, there are just these giant tech companies that just scooped up, mm. like mm-hmm. scooped up early players, right, took things right. in house. And really, like, cleared out the field. Cleared the decks. Yeah. 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 And then no one else is trying. Slash, there isn't a whole network of companies that can interact with each other and be providers to each other of the different parts that you need in order to really create augmented reality. This is happening with um, e-ink screens right now. Just, like, one of those, like, monopolistic technologies. Like, technology has suffered because of, like, a Kodak moment of one company selling a bunch of e-ink screens and not like innovating around all of their like IP that they've bought and everything. Yeah. That's wild. I didn't realize that was happening with hologram technology or something similar. Yeah, perhaps. It's, it's just, yeah. It, and it's also like, you know, pretty cool. It's, it's like you need heavy investment into this stuff. Right. Into like these micro what, LEDs and like all sorts wow. of crazy stuff. What, what is the, um, the thing you put on your desk and it can project three-dimensional stuff, lights, light. There, there was a big thing for a little bit. I wanted to ask if that was a legit hologram, but probably not because That's it's not powered. A ho- yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's a, it's a projection. Yeah. If it's project, if it's if like you plug it in, it's image. not a hologram. Yeah. 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 I'm going to look this thing up. Um, And you, you also, I was looking at your Wikipedia page. You are also a, a partner at a VC firm? Is this right? No, I was. That is someone who's <laughs> <laughs> not updated. If someone, no, if I someone was, does Wikipedia editing, please mark, make this yeah. podcast be the. I, uh, yeah. Oh, give us a I footnote. Not, uh, yeah, put digitally rare on the footnote. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, do it, do it. Yeah. Okay, okay. I was doing this for uh, for rough, for almost a year. I was a venture partner at a fund called Spark, and I still am closely in touch. <laughs> but now have too many projects to be taking so many meetings. Totally. But yeah. yes, I have done a lot of angel investing, both on my own and with a fund that I was partially involved in, and with Spark. And basically, I just really enjoy venture investing. Obviously, because mm-hmm. it's fun to touch new ideas and talk to people yeah right that like that's just a fun thing to do so yes (laughs) that's fascinating yeah yeah it continues to happen it continues to happen and i and i tend to be a 
good imaginative partner. I can can imagine. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I guess. That's more just like a side thing for fun. Sure. Totally. Yeah. But, but I was wondering like for your, then for your art practice, when you have to like get all this expensive materials and all of this stuff, do you pay for that yourself or how does that work? Like where, yeah, you just, you just pay for it up front and you're like, hopefully this will pay off on the other side the way. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I've always wondered that about, about like really expensive art projects. Like, right. Yeah. I'm just kind of a crazy person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and there's really no other way. I mean, I just can't imagine another way of going about it. It just, there's just so much risk when you create an art project. It just doesn't make sense to like ask for other people. Honestly, like the best way, Whenever people do try to like say, well, oh, you could, you could get investors. Yeah, yeah. No, I was wondering, is that a thing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's not a thing, and honestly, it's a stupid idea. Yeah, like if someone wants to invest in your art practice, they should buy your art. The best (laughs) thing they should do is buy your art. Yeah, yeah. there is a real (laughs) historical trend that shows that if you buy an artist relatively early and their career appreciates. Their right. early works end up rising in value. Yeah, yeah. So, and how lucky that's are we that that works? How lucky are we that that works? That's that's actually really great for like the practice of artistry in general. Yeah, that, like there's this innate historical preference. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. So, I mean. Like <laughs> NFTs are the same thing. Exactly. You know, you yeah, buy, yeah. You buy early, and then it goes up. And then it goes up. <laughs> yeah. No. Actually, I feel like the historical preference is probably built into humans' like need and desire of like storytelling and like yeah. the 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 fruits oh, of a good story. And and time is just such a important factor in any good story. So I think that's that's probably related. Speaking of that, do you? Do you have any thought or do you have any thoughts and or have you even been paying attention at all to this like royalty debate in oh, in NFT land? So <laughs> yeah, there, there's a big there's a big hullabaloo now because a lot of the marketplaces, a lot of the collectors are attempting to you know circumvent or not pay out the royalties that people I don't know did you do you have royalties on the rose petals for instance do you have like secondary yes, I yeah do. yeah and yeah. so and so how, where do you how do you feel about because in the as we've talked about many times on this podcast this is something that artists have been trying to get for centuries decades centuries and this was a promise that was made with NFTs of like hey look, look we can finally solve this and now like nah we're just going to we're going to say f you yeah, I think it's uh <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. I think there should be royalties. Yeah. That's the whole point of this. <laughs> yeah. And frankly, you just it just affects what kind of work you do as an artist, right? Like yeah. keeping I constantly have to do things for Bitcoin and like I spend money on it all the yeah. time, yeah. right? And it's not like they're like constantly like, so many sales. Yeah. So that 10% royalty like I spend it on the project. Uh-huh. Right? It's not like it's not making me rich, right? It's it's like being spent on the project. So and, and by the way, by the way, I just want to say, even if it was making you rich, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. Yes. By the way. Yeah, it would be fine. Yeah, it would be fine. But but the thing is, so in in my traditional artwork, right, I 
I don't have royalties. Right. But as a result, I keep a certain amount of work back uh-huh, uh-huh. that I just just keep myself yeah. and put in a storage unit. Yeah. And because it'll appreciate you know, as, as time goes because on. Because yeah. it'll appreciate How you have yeah. equity in your own work. Yeah. Right. Which is the yeah. argument. So, this is the argument that well, non-royalty people will make. It's like, just hold stuff back, but there's not every, right. not every the, artist can do that. They're two different mechanics. And right. it, different I think mechanics. it's Correct. up to the artist to see the context that their work lives in and to right. choose a mechanic of like existing in a capitalistic world that makes the most sense for them. And to argue that one should not exist or like to argue that platforms should ignore one of the hard-fought-for options that artists can use to make money is like hilariously backwards to me it's like and short-sighted for me it's as simple as like the artist has decided that this is how they want to capitalize their work like respect that and any artist that doesn't think that can turn off royalties and hold back their work or right do none of that yeah yeah i also yes i completely agree i also feel like it's there's kind of been this race to the bottom yeah not necessarily in just in the sort of rarefied crypto art space, which is tiny, 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 yeah, tiny, tiny, but in the general NFT drops, it feels like they've just they just got cheaper and cheaper and cheaper till mm. it's like it's free and there are no royalties. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. we'll pay you to, <laughs> to please, <laughs> please, yeah, take our take our JPEGs, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, so <laughs> that's the other, that's, I think the other issue at stake here is that it, it's just become a race to the bottom. I imagine that has a lot to do with sort of cyclical market dynamics of like, we're so tied to. Right. The, expansion, contraction type the, thing. The broader crypto thing. Are you considering, or like, do you even think, in the terms of like with with the hologram project for instance, whatever that becomes, has it even occurred to you? Would you even think about there being some NFT component or is that like not even, I would understand at this point if it's like, no, this is a totally this separate a thing. Physical like piece no, or something, yeah. No- yeah. So, so there's, I, the holograms are completely physical pieces. Yeah. What was really funny was someone stood in front of them, like a really top-notch gallerist. And yeah. I was like, is this an NFT? <laughs> you know? like, it was like, it's amazing, amazing. But, but no, those are completely oh, physical. The hollow, <laughs> The hollow lens piece. Yeah. I haven't sold that, yeah. but I would sell it as an NFT. Sure. For example. Something like that makes sense. Yes. The ownership of it is on chain. The actual files don't live on chain, but basically you have like rights to request them, et cetera, et cetera. But the ownership was on chain. So that would be on chain. Then separately, I'm like working slowly on a very slowly on something with the AI rose petals and doing a drop where you like stake your bitcoins and you can get these morphing AI petals. Oh yeah. Um, cool. It's just taking a long time to, yeah. to get all my ducks in a row and there's kind of no rush right now. But that will be that's something that that you that's know is- really quite interesting. I love that like this human labor based thing. You're staking it, and then over time, getting this AI generated derivative yes. type thing. Like that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I wow. think it'll it'll work out. That project will come out nicely once it does, maybe in the spring. Right, right. And like separately, I have a few ideas and other projects like kind of circling, but they're mostly divided either NFT projects, right? And even like the kind of Bitcoin Genesis pictures, the pictures I had originally taken kind of in the mind. I'm like, those will be on chain. Yeah. And mm-hmm. whatever yes. results physically needs to be linked to yeah. to how they are on chain. You know, so I try to keep things where they should be. Yeah, totally. yeah. It's yeah. like if it makes sense for the thing, right. that, you know, it's like not just to do it for for the sake of it. Right, yeah, right, it's like, totally. It's like whatever yeah. makes sense. Yeah. It, the medium is is part of the work itself. And so like, yeah, forcing one onto the other doesn't make any sense. And then one project I had done that I'm showing now in Singapore quite soon was the non-existent token. I don't Wait, know if you guys what know is this? Thing. I What is this? I, I just came up with a art project idea and I was going to call it non-existent token. What? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, there's a website you can go on. Okay, cool. Maybe that's why token. it was in my head. <gasps> yeah. And what is- so basically it's, it's a smart contract where you can bid to get an NFT of these morphing bubbles. And then uh-huh. the next person can only bid at least 10% more, at which point you get all your money back plus 5% and your NFT switches to a receipt that advertises your return. And then cool. the next bubbles are like more complex and they go on and on. And I did this a while ago and it never, it didn't really, it didn't become a thing. It, like it didn't really right. take off. It, it's like an art Ponzi. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Art it's, it's not yes. like a Ponzi, yeah. but it's, it's like a, a cyclical. Yeah, it's totally. a very honest Ponzi scheme. Yes, it's like an right, NFT right, that right. can never um, go down. Yeah. Right, right. Played with like what is existence on chain, yeah. right? It like right. you know, it, it you know, the greater fool theory and and now it also feels kind of appropriate given the <laughs> madness right yeah, that's totally. like the FTX madness. Wow. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And bubbles, bubbles, oh, yes. bubbles. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Of yes. No, I, I get cool. it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I need to find a new name for my project. Then it's it's very different, though. Wait, what is your project, Matt? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll pass project? it by you. The short version is: I wanted to. This occurred to me during a meditation session in which I uh, felt myself not as any one experience, but as the forward progress of experience existing in the change itself, and. Um, like my my sense of self is not something that was could be persisted or like was a static state it was a it's a dynamic situation um and my cursed brain obviously likened that to blockchains and you know the sense that the chain is not any one block or the history of blocks it's the forward progress of blocks and were the blocks to stop the concept of the chain would also disappear and so i wanted to create a token that existed in the chain but not in blocks that existed in the gap between blocks. And you can do this technically by not recording any ownership information to the Ethereum state, but in within a transaction, being able to prove ownership and prove like a sell request and transfer ownership from one person to another while no direct ownership information is ever recorded to state. And so you can do this. Like you can do this, yeah. yeah. I mean, technically, it's it's an L two whose only purpose is to have a single token on it and support the transfer of them. And we use, I would use the Ethereum event log as its data availability. And so you follow the ERC seven twenty one standard by issuing transfer events 
from uh, the previous owner to the new owner. And then when you, as the current owner, wish to prove that you own it, and in that moment, transfer it to someone else, you say, here is the most recent event in which I, this event is proves that I own the token. You submit that, the contract verifies that this event exists and is the most recent. And then in that moment, just in that transaction, knows that you own it and have the right to do something with it. But it doesn't actually, it never actually exists on, you can't actually go Right, see if you it ever ask the contract chain. who owns this, right. it doesn't right. know. It can't know. Right. Fast. Yeah. Wow, that's so good. Yeah, I'm glad like you like it. Wow, that's really, I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this is like, yeah, this is a non-existent token. Totally, yeah. So, I mean, other ideas for the name, I was like, okay, it's in-chain art. That's funny. But there's also, I could riff off of, uh, or hat tip to Simon de la Rubier and um, go with like, this token does not exist or something like that. But yeah, this I don't know. This token does not exist is cute, but it's almost yeah. like a the liminal space of the blockchain. Right. Liminal, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the word for that, that forward progress? Like it's the emergent property that is not any, you can't really point to it. It's a, it's a yeah, ephemeral emergent effect of some other process in which this token exists so it's not on chain it's in chain it is of chain something like that uh yeah, yeah. yes yeah. constantly in a state of becoming right yeah. totally yeah 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 so anyway that's no, what i was not, i'm working on i'm like 80 percent done with it but usually the name comes first for me but yeah yeah i think this one you'll find cool. it you're matt's a master <laughs> namer so i know you'll find I was just looking at the non-existent token. The price, I think the price now that you have to bid is 19.3 ETH. Oh. Is the price. You got to bid, right? So you got to bid 19.3 and then someone has to bid 5% more than that. And then 10%. Wait, no, 10% more. Right. And then you'll get that back plus 5%. Yeah. 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 Cool. That's fascinating. I like that a lot. Yeah. That reminds me of um, an auction mechanic that I'd learned about recently and we did an episode on, which is that previous bidders, when they're outbid, get some percent back as an incentive to, to move the price higher and more accurately find the correct we're, price. We're like just about, to, we're like probably this week or next oh, we, week launching that on. on okay, cool. Song I wasn't sure yeah, if so it was available or yet. Yeah. So yes, if you hear this podcast, that's available. Yeah, that's really fun. I, so it's I very similar like, to that actually. It's like it's like, yeah, you the if you get out bid, you get paid. You get right. paid something. Yeah. yeah. Totally That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, That's have really there delightful. been we'll wrap up here in a second, but have there been any NFT projects specifically that you've seen, I don't know, even in just like the last two years of all the craziness that have <laughs> that have grabbed you or particularly made you be like, Oh, that's a cool NFT project that you could think mm. of. Not to put you on the spot. Oh, goodness. You put me on the spot. <laughs> Let me think. You can take as much time as you need. Or you can say, nah, <laughs> nothing's really moved me. Yeah. You know, the project that moved me was um, Spectral Beings. Yeah. You know that project? Yeah. By E-E-E-D-G. Yeah, I don't but, know who. No. And that was a project that I that I really, really enjoyed. Oh, I don't think I saw this. Oh, that's beautiful. Aren't they great? Yeah, yeah, they're really gorgeous. They're gorgeous, and it just works. It works 
conceptually, visually, on chain, it, it just works. Yeah, they're based on like electric fields, creating a magnetic field. Mm. They're like they're Maxwell. like they're like weird. Yeah, Maxwell, like cool math thingies. Totally. And they're beautiful. Oh, and they're they kind of remind yeah, me a little cool. bit of like um like a deaf beef kind of vibe, like Ray, very totally. stark. Yeah. Where's the stark code? and Where's like code? beautiful and conceptually? Yeah, I get it. No, I love it. By the way, relatively low floor price. So uh, get on that, folks, because yeah, wow. they're great. Wow. Yeah, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast. Oh, my pleasure. We loved hearing all about this stuff. Where can we find you on the on the internet? What's the best place for people to look? I'm very findable. Sarah Mayohas, Bitcoin, Twitter, Instagram, my website. You can reach me. Yeah. You can Dial follow me, yeah. me at Day Man. You can follow Matt at one of the many Matts. Sarah, it was a blast. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank bye you so bye. much. Okay. Bye. Ciao. <laughs> oh, yeah.